Good morning, Vietnam. Welcome to a special bonus edition of the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales, and I'm joining you from Moine, Vietnam, almost 10,000 miles away from the U.S. So we're going to take a little bit of a break uh, from the division-by-division breakdown, Talk uh, just talk about a couple stories in the sports uh, world today, talk about uh, just a few general overall fantasy thoughts so uh, let's go ahead and get on into it so well the first thing I wanted to bring up was you know last year everyone had the preseason strategy of taking a wide receiver before running back and uh, and that everyone wanted to do wait on running back pick get as many receivers as possible and even though that that's what all the analysis showed ultimately you needed to have a high caliber running back to win your league it's just it's not possible so uh, without it so make sure you know Make sure to you know keep that in mind uh, when you're drafting that you're gonna need a you're gonna need a guy who's a stud running back if you want to win your league. So also pay attention to what your scoring rules are for your league. So even like a small change um, as such as like a four point uh, four points per passing touchdown to six is what might seem that like that might seem that it's small. That's actually a drastic change and highly impacts uh, where you know where you should be taking quarterbacks in your draft. So. Just a couple general fantasy thoughts uh, that I wanted to share with you all uh, to keep in mind when you're drafting. So let's go ahead and switch it on up. Uh, let's talk a little bit just about the NFL just in general. So the first thing I uh, want to talk about is that the Redskins uh, failed to give Cousins a deal at the deadline. Um, so what is really concerning, I think, is that the organization leaked the news that Cousins and his representation – that they didn't even try to respond to the proposed deal that they had in place. Um, turns out, you know, he, not only did he turn down the offer, he didn't even try to counter, which is, that's, I mean, that has to be like a clear sign that he's just really not sold on staying on this team after this season. Um, you know, if he does decide to leave, I think it'll be a huge uh, mishandle by the team. I think that they, they'll, they'll lose a quarterback that gave them a lot of production and, Quite frankly, I don't think they'll, they'll be able to replace, uh, you know, his caliber for a long time. So, you know, uh, what what also makes me laugh is that the team president, not you know, it's not like he 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 missaid his name, and it's not like he said it one. He missaid his name six times in a press conference, accidentally calling him Kurt Cousins instead of Kirk, which is just literally unbelievable for your for you know franchise quarterback. To be saying that so obviously they could try to franchise tag him again but then it just gets it's it's going to get more and more expensive each time they do that which it just makes it unlikely that they do so the next quarterback situation i want to talk about in the nfl colin kaepernick right so this guy has to be one of the most de- divisive players in the entire league i mean everyone has an opinion about him you know he was all over espn the beginning of last season pretty much all the way through too once he took the starting job Everything, everyone was talking about the kneel, the kneeling, this you know, the sitting for the Pledge of Allegiance, all of it. Um, so you know, what is his status right now? So obviously, he can't get a job in the NFL. He, he, he even though so last year he threw for you know, 2,200 yards, 16 TDs for to four interceptions for a good four to one ratio, uh, fit completed 59.2% of his passes. He actually had a better QBR than Blake Bortles, Tannehill, Eli Manning, Cam Newton. Um, so that's I think that's a, that's pretty interesting that he had you know he's had a better quarterback rating than Eli Manning who was, who's won Super Bowls Cam Newton um, you know you got Michael Vick saying that he needs to cut his hair in order to get a job which I think is kind of funny but 
You know, I think what it really comes down to is I think, you know, despite what people may think, think about him and the way he's gone about his protest and, uh, you know, the, the I guess just the, the manner in which he's uh, made himself, I think he deserves a job. Uh, it's just it's kind of ridiculous that he 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 hasn't at least get gotten a, a job as a backup quarterback in this league. I mean, you think about teams who who really just have like no hope. Uh, you uh, the you know the Browns, the Jets, the the Bears. You know, you could. I mean, he should at least have a a, a, a job in the NFL for sure. But I mean, you know, you can also see on the other side why teams just don't want that in their team, especially just for a backup quarterback. They don't want the circus media that we, that he's that's going to come with him um you know the cowboys i <laughs> the cowboys always make me laugh because i they they would never take him but they're they are known for taking guys who have had uh, lots of baggage so uh speaking of the cowboys let's go ahead and get a cowboys update so just a totally just great off season by them really really proud you know, you got a DUI, you got a gun charge in there, a, a bar fight, some gang ransom. So just, you know, typical Cowboys, just great offseason for them. Really, really, uh, really proud of them. So the first thing I want to talk about, so you got Zeke. I think he's definitely facing a suspension. Before I was about 50-50, 60-40. Now I'm like 90% sure he's going to be facing a suspension. And and I and the reason why I believe that is the Cowboys were working out. Uh, they worked out Denard Robinson and a couple of their running backs. And I believe that even the Cowboys upper upper office knows that they're going to lose Zeke for at least a small amount of time. And so they want to uh, you know increase their running back depth chart. So uh, you know this is this is just ridiculous. Uh, you know this I, I love Zeke. He's a good running back. I think you know he's I think he has a, at least some character that's good. Um, but you know, there's a lot of issues. Uh, definitely, just little, you know, small things, some big things too that are around him. And I really hope he can uh, clean it up because he could be the 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 running. You know, he could be the next Emmett Smith for us, uh, who is a huge uh, role model. So, you know, if you're if you're if you're drafting him, just keep that in mind that he will definitely miss at least a game or two. So, all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk. Let's talk some. Let's talk some NBA. So. First thing, uh, gotta bring it up. Ginobili is returning for the 16th season, even though he turns 40 uh, this upcoming July. Um, he also got Mario Chalmers to the Grizzlies, and then uh, the one thing I didn't talk about last time, uh, you know, you got Gordon Hayward to the Celtics. Uh, I, you know, I didn't really talk too much about what uh, what that would mean for the NBA. You know, they, you know, I think that gives them more, uh, you know better better scoring ability and you know i actually think they actually have a reasonable chance to beat the Cavs in a seven game series especially with the, uh, what we're hearing out of cleveland with Kyrie, which we'll get into in a second um you know the 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 celtics are always going to struggle uh, just because of how big of a liability it is on defense i mean pretty much if if the Cavs need to score all they need to do is just run a pick and roll and get and and whoever whoever gets it on them just just take him one on one, and you're going to get a, a pretty high quality shot. So, you know, with him, it's 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 always going to be a little tough to to play good defense. But you know, the one thing that they do need to be able to do to beat the Cavs is just out rebound them. Uh, you know, if if the Cavs are, if if LeBron's going to be able to just do a pick and roll drive and they either dump to Tristan Thompson underneath or kick out to threes all day. And, uh, and, and and even if he misses, you know Tristan Thompson cleans it up. They're not going to have a chance to win. Uh, the Celtics really need to be able to out rebound them, 
and I take away their second chance uh, scoring in order to keep pushing uh, the push the Cavs and potentially uh, beat them in a seven game series. So, you know, so let's go ahead. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Lonzo Ball. Um, so he looked good in the summer league. Obviously, I think he won the MVP. Uh, he hurt his calf going into the end of the end of the end of the end of the summer league season. A lot of people have been comparing him to Jason Kidd, which is really interesting because Jason Kidd was a pretty good uh, NBA player. Um, the one thing that they they love about Jason Kidd is his, or I mean, sorry, about Lonzo Ball is his ability to put the ball right in the scoring pocket. So if you you know if you've ever played basketball. And uh, you're setting up for a three-point shot, or you're, you know, even if you're watching, I guess you don't have to play. But if you're if you're ready for the ball, or if you're driving and you and you're and you're about to do a layup, and you just need the perfect pass, that is one thing he is like he's really good at. He's going to put the ball right where it needs to be most times. He's a great assist uh, assister. Um, he also has a, I think, a really good court vision. I think he can see. Like, you know, he can see uh, the play develop and he can see, uh, you know, guys getting open, you know, before they before they are open, Um, you know, so I I think I think this guy's going to be pretty good in the NBA, you know, and a lot of people have been wanting him to fail. Uh, just solely based off of you know the ridiculousness of of his dad, which and then you have his dad like go ahead and getting a, like a technical foul in the game because of a call he didn't like, and then just pulling his entire team off the court was just just honestly ridiculous. Like that's just such like bad sportsmanship. It's just a it just looks awful on his part. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think Lonzo is going to struggle to just you know. Try to. He's gonna to have to play really well in order to just get, uh, you know, be able to get past all the people which, you know not liking him uh, because of his dad. So we'll see if he does. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the, the the one of the biggest stories of uh, of the offseason since the the start of the since uh, July first. So you got Kyrie Irving out of nowhere, pretty much just uh, telling the front office he wants to be traded. Uh, obviously, you know. Brian Windhorst, uh, you know, says that LeBron was completely surprised and you know shocked and just blindsided, which I you know I totally believe because nobody really saw that coming. Um, uh, what's what, what what I thought was really interesting was that you know everyone's trying to figure out well why 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 do you want to leave playing with you know the greatest player in the league right now, uh, you know, and so the first thing that 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 they said is that he wanted to. He wanted to be the guy again. He wanted to get, you know, get the ball. He wanted to be able to shoot. He wanted to be, you know, the star of the offense, and he wanted to play a little bit more point guard, uh, you know, and keep the ball in his hands. So, you know, when you play with LeBron, a lot of times he just he he wants he wants to start with the ball and play point, uh, which you know can take away your touches. Which you know, if you don't care about, that's great. But I guess he does. But then what also was really interesting is that the 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 about the team, the first team that he that he reported he wanted to be traded to was the Spurs, which you know he says he wants to be the guy and he wants to shoot the ball a lot and you know and he wants to be able to you know get get those highlight reels going again. It's really just kind of counter you know it's counter to his point to want to go to the Spurs because that's just not what they do. They share the ball. Obviously, he's not going to be the guy. Kawhi's the guy. Uh, so I don't know. That was a little interesting. But yeah, the four teams though that he said he wanted to be traded to: the Timberwolves, the Spurs, the Heat, and the Knicks. You know, I think we, you know, kind of the Knicks. I think that's just solely based off of he knows Carmelo's about to go, and I think he would. 
I think he, you know, he wants the, the, the spotlight to shine. I mean, if you listen to pretty much any player, they love playing in the garden. Even as bad as the Knicks are, it's, you know, it's a huge way to just get earn a ton of money off of, you know, marketing. So I think that's probably why the Knicks, but, uh, you know, not sure. The Timberwolves, I, I've got to imagine is, he's just getting interested with, you know, what happened. You know, you got Jimmy Butler going there. You got Wiggins. You got, you know, Cat. That team's pretty getting pretty stacked, and I think he, you know, he's starting to see that maybe he could go there and you know potentially win a, win a title because you know it's starting to look like the Cavs are just it's self imploding. Um, then you know the Heat, I think Heat the Heat would be pretty interesting. You could imagine him uh, doing you know uh, doing some getting some good work in with just doing pick and rolls off of you know with and uh, with a uh, you know Hassan Whiteside. Uh, but I also think that one's probably more just so that way he can be in South Beach. I mean, everyone likes everyone likes living there. I mean, Gordon Hayward almost went there just solely because of you know how like this the, the lifestyle. And I think the Spurs is probably just uh, you know maybe maybe he really wants to just work under Pop. He wants to be able to you know play longer in the game. That's that's something that the Spurs are good at. They're good at extending careers. So uh, you know the the thing. This is all kind of you know for not for whatever moot, because he he has a he doesn't have a no trade clause, so it doesn't really matter where he wants to go. Ultimately, the the you know the the, the Cavaliers are going to you know get field the best offers they can from every team and then make the best decision. So we'll see what happens with him. The one team that interested me to uh, interested me that I thought would be cool would be uh, him and the Pelicans. Um, they really need uh, outside shooting now that they have you know cousins and boogie or boogie and uh, Anthony Davis uh, you know post on the, on the inside. You know if you get a guy with the pretty good uh, you know handles and you know, good uh, scoring ability on the outside who can make shots too, I think I think that team could be really dangerous. But uh, we'll, you know the, we'll see what uh, what they do. Uh, all right, then the, the the other story I want to talk about. You got the dude OJ Simpson, the juice. He's getting out of prison. Uh, he gets out on parole. Now, you know, one of the weird stories I actually read is that he actually might make over six hundred thousand dollars from being in the prison because of the uh, NFL pension rules. Uh, he's got to wait till he's like sixty-five to cash it, and I think he's fifty-five. But he can end up making over six hundred k in prison, which is uh, a lot of money, obviously. And it also wouldn't it wouldn't go to the uh, Nicole Brett, Nicole Simpson's family or Ronald Goodman. Uh, because it's it's like protected under the the NFL contract law. So obviously, you know that that's another huge story that came out. I mean, if if anybody, if you've watched OJ Made in America, if you've watched any of these OJ documentaries, you you know, and if you and you weren't alive during that time, you it, it really makes you it, it uh, shows you how big of a case that was, how uh, how how bad it divided the entire U.S., um, how long the trial was. So you know. This, I mean, the guy, the guy looks, the guy just looks washed up. I mean, you look at him, he just is, is, he just looks really old and tired. I don't, you know, so I don't think, I don't think he's going to be like a menace to society, but obviously, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big deal that he's getting out of prison. So, um, okay. I think let's go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and get into, uh, some questions. So, uh, dirty Gary, Gary asked, what is the ceiling for Shane Boucher? So, Last year he threw for almost 3,000 yards, 2,958. Uh, he th- completed 60.4 percent of his passes, 21 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, and he had a 136 QB rating, which is pretty pretty good. You know, so he's on the 2017 Davy O'Brien Award watch list. 
And I think he can improve off last season. Uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how this offense changes now that Foreman's gone and, you know, what it kind of morphs into. Do we stick, you know, running the ball a lot and, you know, good, you know, high percentage passes. Uh, and, uh, you know, what, what I really like, what I, what I really like about Boucher is that I, he can throw the deep ball. It seems pretty well. He, he, I mean, I, I was front front center for the OU game and to see him put dime pass after dime pass right in receivers hands going deep is really, really good to watch. So obviously I think he can throw for over 3000 yards this season. Uh, you know, it's only, only about 50 yards from over last season. So in terms of ceiling though, so what's his ceiling? I would say he could throw for about 3,500 yards, uh, complete about 65% of his passes. Um, and then I would, I would, I think about a three to one ratio of TDs. I think that's his ceiling. What do, what is the max that he could possibly, uh, put out? So, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how this offense forms. Um, I'm liking Herman so far, so uh, we'll see. I mean, the one thing you know that that 136 QB rating out of 154 is pretty phenomenal. So this kid's definitely uh, it. it, it uh, hopefully, UT finally has their a starting quarterback we can you know, rely on for uh, every week. So it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, how he performs. So all right, that's uh, I think that's enough for the uh, for some sports stories. Let's get into a little bullshit. All right, so <laughs> the first one I want to talk about is R. Kelly. <laughs> Apparently, this dude's just holding girls hostage. He's got like a cult-like crew. He's got – apparently, he's got five women living with him aged 18 to 31. And like this – you know, this guy is a, obviously a history of issues. He's peeing on chicks. And apparently, if they want to leave the house, they have to ask permission and then they have to – he, he takes up their cell phones. So it's like you had like the, the family of one girl, like, you know, try to come to the public and say, oh, my God, he's got her hostage. And then the girls are like, no, it's really fine. Like, it's definitely a weird situation there. Uh, this guy is obviously got a screw loose. Uh, definitely just total sicko. You know, and if these stories are true, I mean, that's just that is one of the weird things. And like, apparently, there's also like not only is there five women, but they're also in like two different houses. Like, one's in Atlanta, one's in Chicago. Totally weird story. I saw it and I was like, eh, but I'm not surprised. It's R. Kelly. So, um, what else? All right. So today, I wanted to get into the five rules of flying. So on my flight over here, it's about a 24 hour long flight. So basically, I'm the uh, all knower of how to fly. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and declare myself that. So let's get AF. The five rules of flying. Number one, don't get up from your row once you land. Once you land, you can you can sit you can sit uh, you can stand up. You can get your stuff out of your overhead compartment, but don't be elbowing and shoving people and try to get to the front of the plane to save you know ten minutes. You still gotta wait for your luggage to come down. Whatever, even if you're not, you, that's just rude to do. You're not special. Just sit your ass down. Rule number two: Don't smell, and you know don't don't have bad breath. Bring some gum. Don't have smelly food. Eat that beforehand. Uh, check your bo. Wear that deodorant, and don't be you know don't be ripping farts in the in the plane that are nasty. Don't have smelly feet either, and try to put them up on the. Just don't smell. Just don't smell. It's not that hard. It's 
it, but it's disgusting if you have to sit next to somebody who smells really bad, especially if it's a long flight. Rule number three, stick in your lane, right? So unless you're, unless you're forking up for first, first class, obviously you wanted to just save some money. So, you know, stay where you're supposed to. Don't be man spreading too far. Don't be, you know, hogging, hogging all the, hogging all the, the arm, armchair space. Just sit there, put, put, put some headphones in, go to sleep and we'll get you there. All right. Just stick in your lane though. Don't be, don't be having a bunch of freaking, uh, you know, carry on luggage spilling all over people. That's just, they're, they're just trying to sit there and get to where they're going. Number four, this one actually might be the one that pisses me off the most. If the overhead compartments are closed, it means they're full. Don't be opening every single one to try to look for a small little crevice to shove your gigantic bag in because it's not going to fit. I'm just, I'm tired of sitting there and seeing this, this guys just open every single compartment and the, the flight attendants are just yelling at them like, no, they're all full. And guys are, you know, they're still like, oh no, let's try this one, try this one. And then they keep trying to stuff their luggage in there. Just, just put it underneath your seat like it's where, like it's supposed to go or show up early and, you know, get, get some space. Rule number five, booze up. Get some liquor. Look, we don't. You don't know what's going to happen with these flights anymore. They might try to kick you off, drag you, beat you up. You know, tape those knuckles up. You know, right before you go, hit the bag. Just you know, ask your friend if you can spar a little bit. Booze up. Get some liquor in you. You might have to fight for your seat. You gotta. You know, you might have to get. You might have to fight you know, before you get. You get dragged off. Hit the bag a little bit before you head to the airport. So that way you're not, you, you know, you, your shit's not getting thrown off, thrown off the airline. So I think that's about it. This has been a fun episode. Next time I will see you guys, I will be live from the Thailand. Till then, from, from, I'm your host, Joey Morales. Follow us at the BBB podcast on iTunes, at the BBB pod on Twitter. Go ahead and slap a fat five-star review on that bad boy on iTunes. And until next time, I'll see you later, folks.